right, well, welcome back to the Hyde Ratner Level Up Leadership Podcast. I'm excited to be on today. My brother, my friend, tight end for the New York Giants. Come on, we need like a horn, like a round, like something. <laughs> Just we need some applause, we need some hype. We got Darren Waller here today on the podcast. Grateful, man. Thank you for jumping on. Oh, uh, yeah, man. It's, a, it's an honor to be here. Honor just to sit down and talk with you, man. Yeah, man. Well, I'm grateful for it. I'm grateful for uh, I'm a fan of DW. I'm a fan of Darren Waller. You know, um, being a Vegas guy, uh, I've always wanted a pro team to root for. I feel like I've had to just kind of gravitate toward players and just adopt the team. But, man, when we finally got the Raiders... I just uh, I had to just become a fan off the top, and I remember my homie Andreas gave me an invite to the game against the Ravens. Um, okay. What was that? The twenty twenty one season. Twenty twenty one season. Twenty twenty one season is like the first home game where fans were allowed. Arena was crazy, and I remember somebody just around me just said "baller like Waller," you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> and I just took that and was like, "Man, I'm an automatic Waller fan." Just and you killed that game, and I think I even drove out for the Chargers game and you had a crazy touchdown on that one on the side. It was yeah. just, so I'm a big fan of you as an athlete, but I'm even more of a fan of you off the field um, in your leadership as a husband, as a kingdom man, as a musician. You know, you got a lot of different hats that you wear that yeah. a lot of people don't even know, but uh, you also do a podcast called Comeback Stories. And I love your story, man. It's a comeback story. Um, God has His hand all over it, and I'm just I'm just glad to be in the in the space with you today. One oh, more man, time, man. double introduction. Yes, Sorry sir. about that, no, right? Man, there. I'm honored. I, yeah. I received that, and I appreciate it. No doubt, man. You know, one thing I ask all of our uh, guests that jump on here with me is, what's tell us one way that in this season of life you're leveling up in your leadership. Uh, I'm starting with leveling up my leadership in my marriage at the home. Yeah, um, as you know, being a spiritual head of our relationship, making sure I'm leading in uh, the practices that I uh, continue to partake in on a day-to-day basis in the mornings. Yeah. Uh, making sure we're carving out that time, um, making sure we're praying together consistently, um, asking each other, you know, how we're doing there and, and leading on that from making sure that, you know, my wife feels led, my wife feels yeah. safe, my wife feels encouraged. So and good, then, man. I can go from there and go out into the world with it because I practice it in my home. So Come I try on. to, you know, I feel like everything translates from the character that I show in the home and with my wife and however we may be doing, taking that that spiritual role as uh, as seriously as possible. I feel like it translates into the game and my yeah. new team and yeah. anything else I may do, but I just try to start there. Incredible. I mean, that's something that we say often is, you know, your your spouse, that's your first ministry. If that's off, it affects everything else. I think right. even Paul says in First Peter three, it's like one of these convicting verses. As a fellow husband, it says, you know, make sure that you're you're living with your wife in an understanding way. You're leading your home because if not, your prayers will be hindered. I'm mm. like, dang, like what? <laughs> like my prayer life is <laughs> is hindered um, because I'm not leveling up there first. So I think that's like such a, a spot on answer. And man, you just got married a couple mm. months ago. Yep. And um, how's it been, man? Uh, it's great, man. Yeah, we're uh, just past the first month. Yeah, past the first um, month. So, you know, figuring out how to live together because we never lived together before that. But that's right. been awesome. Uh, sharing space hasn't been a burden in any way. Um, yeah. But, yeah, just getting how we navigate each other's schedules, 
finding um, small ways to serve throughout the day. Like Amazing. if there's dishes in the sink or trash I can take out. Yeah. Um, and you You're know, trying to it, initiate. Yeah. Like the smallest ways that I could possibly serve start with doing those things and um, being attentive to her day, like yeah. checking in on her in her day. Incredible. Um, not just, you know, we have busy schedules, not just right. wait until I get home to talk to her or let her know that I'm thinking about her. So it's just it's all, all about the little intentionalities yeah. that I'm starting to pick up on. And I'm like, okay, like, it, it, and it's not just like a chore or anything. Like there's, right. there's, there's joy in it. There's yeah. excitement in it. And uh, it still feels fresh. It's, it still feels new. Um, Amazing. And it's not based on feelings, but I'm, uh, I feel like we're really getting this thing going in marriage. You know? So good, man. Yeah, somebody came to this podcast and is probably looking for, you know, a football nugget or maybe just something <laughs> something like a leadership tweetable statement. It's like, man, I got convicted. Like, I got to do do a better job in the home first. And come on, God will bless the rest. Right. Um, last question on that just for a second. We can return there if you want. But uh, a game of horse, you and Kelsey, who's winning that game? Uh, it's probably Kelsey. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's talking about one of the best shot makers in the world. I, I'm not going to act like yeah. I, I put up shots maybe yeah. three or four days out of the year. <laughs> right, so right. So I'm not going to act like I can outshoot somebody that's you, in the gym every day. You answered that question the right way. You know, <laughs> even as a competitor, hey, got to give uh, Kelsey her flowers on the podcast. Every she day. is in incredible yeah. and so excited for the, the the world champion las vegas aces no and just this upcoming season i think it's going to keep getting better so uh man your world just got turned a little bit upside down you yeah. know you just played these past how many seasons with the Ra raiders um i got to the raiders right after thanksgiving of 2018 in oakland okay. so i played a year and a half in oakland and then i played uh 20, 21, and 22 here in Las Vegas. Right, man. It had two great seasons. This past year was a little bit challenging because you had some injuries. Yep. Um, tell us even how you worked through those injuries. And, you know, that that was a challenge of uh, character, of leadership, of focus, of just finding your joy in the Lord. Just talk talk through us through this past season and how you navigated that. Oh, yeah, it was, it was, it was challenging. Um, but I feel like looking back, um, 19, 20, and what 21 was shaping up to be were uh, very successful seasons. Sure. I feel like I will have learned the most from seasons like last year. Wow. Because success happened kind of fast. Like after I got reinstated and I was in the practice squad in Baltimore for a year and then came back to the Raiders and I was starting that following year in 2019. And from there, it was just, bam, the success just... Right came and um and so it's like okay like the results are here everything's good and it's like you can kind of get into that mode to where it's like i feel good because i'm producing mm. or i believe in myself because the results are there right but seasons like last year where you know i missed eight or nine games and you know yeah. there were you know narratives of me not being a great teammate or not doing everything i could to get out there when it was yeah. when i really was but i and i couldn't combat the you know, the lies or the rumors that were being put out there about right. me. I had to just be fully in on believing and having faith in what God had put in me right. and what I was doing. And the value, control what you could control. And the value that I brought without even the numbers and the results being there. Because wow. I was battling that mindset a lot and talking through that with my therapist and praying on it. It was like, man, I'm not out there doing my thing like I have been. Like, what do I have to say to these guys? Like, wow. why would they want to listen to me? What do I have to offer? Sure. But it's really learning, like, I have things to offer 
no matter whether my performance is where people or I would want it to be or not. So it's so lessons good. like that and knowing that, you know, God is working things in me in that season. It's like, okay, you've, you've had success. But like, right. Are you tied to that success? Is that success your God? Come like, on. Can I, can I reach you and, and, and see and test you, test your faith to see, like, are you more rooted in me and trying to do the work that I'm calling you to do in this realm, in this career? Or Incredible. are you all about getting the stats and trying to fill the void that way like you have mm. been since you were a kid trying to perform yeah. for everybody so yeah i take a lot of value out of last season i don't view it with any kind of yeah resentment or anything like that like there were a lot of lessons that were instilled in me and i believe that i have a new opportunity now to go out and do the best i can with it but not just go into it for yeah getting darren waller's stats back up so it's really good, just man. being as impactful as i can be mm. in this new locker room man that's so good yeah it almost probably gives you a even something like that could give you a newfound appreciation too, just right. just for the game. Mm -hmm. uh, I love the quote from I've I've heard it I've heard it directed toward Michael Jordan, but I don't know if he actually said it. But you know he he's quoted saying, "I never lost, I only learned." Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's all about perspective, how you see it. It's like, man, I'm not going to see this as as an L. I'm going to see this as a learnable moment. It's yeah. going to make me better. It's going to propel me. Uh, for whatever the next season is, or even just what you're in right now, you know it's. Uh, so I love how you said that. I'm I'm even gonna take this challenge. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna squeeze that out. I'm gonna drench out all the gems even from it. It's making you better, man. That's so good. So now you're on your way to the Giants. Yep. And um, this is is this year eight? This will be year eight playing year nine since the draft. Wow. So you low key, man. You kind of like a vet. I am the, like I said, I was in a trip with uh, all the guys uh, we were throwing in Arizona. And uh, I was the second oldest guy there. Shout out to Tyrod Taylor, who's yeah. a guy I've got to know pretty well. He was, I think he's a few years older than me, maybe four years older than me. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. so, yeah, he's approaching almost 15 years in the game. Crazy. But, um, but yeah, I was the second oldest guy there. And it's like, man, like, how did I become the old, one yeah. of the old heads no so old fast? Head. You know, like, yeah. I'm trying to go to bed and yeah. dude's trying to go out and, yeah. you know, and have fun and whatnot. I'm like, no, nah, I'm trying to be up at seven. Yeah, you know? I got some work to do. <laughs> you know? Yeah, man, that's awesome. What do you feel? You feel like there's some responsibility on you, you know, as a, as a, as kind of an old head, as a vet to, well, we're on this podcast talking about leadership. What are some of the leadership characteristics that, just our, our priority for you that you want to bring to this team that you want to show kind of right off the bat in your first year with the Giants? Uh, yeah, something important about leadership for me is um, I don't want to ever be in a position where people feel like I'm telling them what to do more so than I'm just sharing my experience with them in, a, in an authentic way. Yeah. Like I want to be the guy that shows these young dudes like they're being told especially in a results driven business like you got to be on it right away. You got to produce right away. You got to or we'll find somebody else or right. we'll do this. Whereas me, it's like my first year, I was I got on IR halfway through the year. My second year, I was suspended the first four games. And my third year, I was suspended the entire year. My fourth year came back, I was on practice squad. It wasn't until year five when I started. Right. And I had a couple years of success, made a Pro Bowl, and then, you know, injuries hit me again. So it's like it, there's these waves that you have to Man. learn to ride and uh, so good. develop an authentic confidence in yourself, but it doesn't take perfection to get to where you want to go. Like yeah. you see me where I'm at and you're like, man, I'd love to have a career like him. Well, if you look at my career, it's been yeah. failure on top of failure on top of failure. And then 
success is weaved in there, but it's, it's been a little bit of everything. So trying to lead and let them know like, Hey, like as long as you're moving in this direction with intention and with purpose, like yeah. you may fall on your face a couple of times, but I'm here to show you, I'm living proof that you can, <clears throat> you can continue to press on and continue to, you know, get to the other side and see what God has in store for That's right. your career. It may not happen right when you want it to happen or how you want it to look, but it can and it will happen because you can look at me and see that that that's 100% proof. Man, that's facts, bro. 100% proof right there. Yeah, it's like, hey, if you want Darren Waller success, you got to make sure you <laughs> you go through the Darren Waller journey. Yeah. Because uh, it, it didn't just happen. Um, it, you know, I that quote, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said, I, I became a, a overnight success after a lifetime. Hmm. You know, it's, there's some, wow. there's something to that. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, wow. man, I've been, I've been battling. I've been, I've been maximizing the off season. I've been going through ups, downs, training, um, all of it. And and what you see with the, when the lights come on, you know, is is all of that put together. Absolutely, that's dope, man. I, I know you're gonna, um, you're gonna bring it into that, to that, to that space. And what's that? The concrete jungle concrete jungle yeah yeah man <laughs> so good from from las vegas and the the west coast to the concrete jungle waller's coming picking up and moving man let's go man you know um you just dropped an album uh in, in the past couple months a walking miracle uh, first off let me dap you up real quick Congra- <laughs> the, the album was talk, nuts man, man. Appreciate you know, it. Appreciate we just turned into the studio real quick <laughs> <laughs> like man i just thought it was so well done i thought you were so authentic um bars were crazy and um talk to us a little bit about the the title where'd that name come from walking miracle um uh for me to take credit for the name it's like i feel like most of the creations i make are just like ideas that you know god kind of puts out there yeah i heard pharrell once talking about how um you know like the universe is like a library you basically check out ideas it's not really something that you just hard pressed into existence Deep. and i really i really believe that because wow there's moments where i try to force a title or force a song or force a line it's like yeah. it's not happening but yeah something will divinely spark me yeah and at 1 30 in the morning sometimes yeah and, and it'll just flow out right. so um but came to you just just meditating on what a title that would be that would reflect you know something that's authentic about my life or my journey and yeah that's one that uh i, I came across and i was like yeah i'm i'm, I'm rolling with that and then nice I came with the, uh, I wrote the sp- the spoken word. Spoken word, track uh, one. And, and that was like, okay, like that solidified. Like, okay, this is this is going to be yeah. the title just off of the first two lines of, of that spoken word. No doubt. Man, no, I think it, I think it, what's the word? Apropos, you know, it just was, it made sense. And I think what you're sharing without, throughout that, the, the whole kind of body of work is, it's, this is not perfection. This is progression. Right. This is continuing to get back up every day. This is continuing to uh, learn from the past and get better in the future is leadership, you know? And so um, one of the lines that you share on one of the songs is, is we choose our level of distraction. Yep. And um, I think that that's been speaking to me lately with so much going on in the ministry world and, you know, as a husband, dad, et cetera, like, I'm like, all right, I don't, I got to maximize. I gotta, I gotta choose my level of d- distraction because I don't got time for it. Right. I wanna, I wanna, I wanna be a level up leader. Tell us about that quote. Where'd you get it from, and um, how are you applying that in your life? 
Uh, yeah, so uh, a lot of people know I'm in uh, recovery. I've been sober yeah. for five and a half years, and uh, I go to 12-step meetings, and in 12-step meetings, you get a sponsor. Praise the Lord. And uh, my sponsor, shout out to Paul. Yeah. He um, he dropped that gym on me one day. It was like, we choose our own level of distraction. And I'm like, and that's like crazy. Yeah. Like, you can apply that to temptation. Facts. You can apply that to your career. You can apply that to so many different ways. Like, if I'm really present to this moment and present to God and what he's trying to do in this moment, like, I can determine my level of distraction by how present I am to God and how present I am to the moment. Right. And um, I, so try to, good, I try to carry that into everything that I do. And it's just that mindset alone has made me a better player. It, right. It makes me a better husband because I'm there and I'm yeah, and I'm excited to be yeah. tuned in to no doubt. what Kelsey has going on, and you know any any area of my life you can think of. Like, if I'm not great or fantastic at it right now, it's making me better when I'm tapped into man. that mindset. Man, so good. Yeah, I, I thought about that. You know, just just the other day, I was out with my family, um, and glanced at my phone. You know, we were we were walking somewhere, and Nina said something to me, and you know, I'm. I'm looking at something, I'm typing something, and I just, you know, it was like, wait, what, what, what did you say? Hold on a second. And it's just like, man, I'm distracted. You know, it could be anything really. And just that, that there it goes, that reminder. I got, it's my choice. How I respond here, what do I do here? And I love that leadership lesson because um, I think in order to be a level up leader, not just the average leader, but say, okay, this year I'm gonna actually go higher. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've been, a, I've been at level two. I'm gonna go to level three. What's it gonna take? It's gonna take a new level of focus. It's gonna take a, a new commitment to decrease the distractions yeah. and 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 increase something even better. And I feel like you know that's something you're doing. That's something you're doing. I want to talk a little bit about the game for a minute. You know. Um, yeah. When did you when you get your first passion for the sport of football? Uh, I was four years old when I started playing football. Yeah. Uh, somehow, I don't even really know how because my dad's from New York, so he's really a basketball guy. I mean, he watched football when sure. I, my mom watched football too, but they weren't like just these over-the-top passionate football people. And they're from the north. We moved to the south, growing yeah. up in Georgia, but somehow I came across the old NFL films like mm. Steve Sable and wow. all that from me talk about from the 50s, 60s on up until late 90s, early 2000s. Like, so you I'm, studied I'm the game? soaking that information wow. in. And that was looking back on then was when I realized like the my recall and like my able to retain information um, because I can still run off people's names or yeah. what they accomplished or who be who from then. And it's just like, wow. And that helps me, like, take a playbook in Amazing. super fast. But, um, but yeah, from four years old, I was obsessed with that. And I, I played, like, offensive line and defensive line my first year. But I played quarterback from the age of five until really my freshman year of high school. Oh, so you had a little arm. Uh, yeah. And uh, I played baseball, too. I probably did a little too much in baseball where I had to have a surgery. And yeah. couldn't really throw like I wanted to, like, going into high school. Because quarterback was my passion. Like, I studied those guys. Wow. And, I appreciated the game and just like yeah. make sure I knew everything that was going on. And my my parents will share stories about how I would tell the coaches when I was like six or seven. Like they try, they try to call play like Nah, we need to run this play that way mm. because they're doing this. Dang, just because I, that's just yeah. how much I cared yeah. about the game. I would sleep with the football no matter it. what. If I was in a baseball uniform, I'd be running around the house with a football, really? sleeping with a football. So um, 
very early on. Yep. Yep. And then high school, you came up in Georgia. Yep. And at what point did you start to think, I think this is this is my future. Like, I, I got something here. I never thought that. Wow. I never thought that. Um, toward the end of my high school career, uh, I started playing my junior year of uh, high school, started playing varsity, which is kind of late when you think of, like, yeah. big-time guys, you know. And um, So you started pretty... playing on the varsity team your junior year? Of high school, yeah. That's crazy. And um, That's so good to give somebody hope, too. Yeah, because, I mean, to go further, my freshman year on the freshman team, I rode the bench. Wow. And my second year, I was on the bench or I was hurt if I ever did get in. So my junior year was the first year I played. And I had a pretty decent season, And I, but I was like, didn't have any scholarship offers from it. So I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to start applying to college like everybody else. Wow. And then I got my first offer was Western Kentucky University. Um, and that was an amazing feeling. Yeah. But um, it was just kind of like, oh, well, like I got this, but like I'm going to get to go to college and play football for free and, and you know, get a free scholarship and, you know, take that kind of load off my parents and, you know, people in the community be proud of me, but yeah, I was like, that's as probably as far as my college career is going to go because I was one of the lowest, if not the lowest rated player in my Man, recruiting so class wild. going into Georgia Tech. Yep. And uh, yep. got there and things kind of started over. But there was never a moment, even all through my college career and getting into the NFL, was I ever like, I'm going to sustain almost a decade-long career in the NFL and yeah. still have the opportunity to continue to get better even at that point, like, those things never crossed my mind. I just didn't really have any confidence or wow. self-esteem. Man, that's so dope, bro. And you end up at Georgia Tech. Yeah. And, you know, I've heard you kind of share some of your Georgia Tech story was like a little bit up and down, kind of roller coaster-ish. Oh, just darkness, bro. In dark, you know, in darkness. Just maybe lean into that for a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, I always tell a story whenever I share my story anywhere. There was... Uh, you know, your parents move you into the dorm and then it's like the moment it's like, okay, like they, they leave and they give yeah. you a hug and everything. Yeah. And a couple minutes after that, um, these upperclassmen like kicked our door in and put a, a handle of Everclear on the table. And they're wow. like, who, who's gonna, somebody gotta take a shot. Like somebody's gotta. Wow. And uh, that was. Right off the top like that. And I was, Man. you know, I was, I was, you know, three years in of popping pills at that point. And mm -hmm. I, I'd been drinking enough by then, drinking to the point where I knew like, I can drink people under the table. Like there's something, wow. and it's like, you know, it's genetic in my family of like a lot of alcoholism. Mm. And um, so I was like, oh, this is this is my moment. And essentially and my identity became my drinking and my using. And, wow. You know, the whole time I was like showing flashes of football, but like the passion for football wasn't there. It's just because the addiction started to take over. Wow. And um, football became a chore at that point. But um, it was just a lot of, yeah, you know, getting arrested, um, failing drug tests, almost getting kicked off the team. Right. Um, you know, just doing wild stuff on yeah. bowl game trips and, yeah. you know, just um, you know, no spiritual life or existence whatsoever. Just, yeah, you used the word dark. Yeah. You know, it was a, a dark season in your life. Uh, talk to us about how you started to confront those addictions, almost like just started to break through some light in the darkness. Oh man, I'd like to say the addictions confronted me. Yeah. More so me confronting them. Say that. Um, Cause I feel like with the way that I've had to learn a lot of things was crashing and burning mm. you know, into a blaze, hard into a wall was how I learned things. And that's how I learned, you know, it, it took a couple years into my NFL career 
about to go into my third year before I, you know, where I overdosed and two months before my overdose, I was suspended by the league for the amount of drug tests I had ultimately failed. Right. And um, so, yeah, after overdosing, though, this was 2017, August 11th, mm. um, which was just kind of like, but looking back, it's like, that's what God had to do to yeah. at least man crack the door open a little bit for me to be a little bit willing or a little bit open-minded towards a shift or towards mm. letting him back in because yeah. my spiritual history up until that point was, I just remember going to church when I was a kid and black church in the South is 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Right, sure. Falling asleep in there and getting my back of my head slapped and falling asleep and yeah. church was a chore. And then it turned into, oh, if I show up to these youth groups as a teenager, like I do these things, like I show up, oh, God's got to bless me, almost like a transactional mm-hmm. religion. Wow. And, uh, and then I kind of picked up on the fact that this doesn't seem yeah, sums up. right. And then I just ran from it. And then wow. that's when everything kind of started to transpire the way it did. But after the overdose and then going to rehab and, you know, through the 12 steps, like just being reintroduced back to who God is and figuring Man. out who God is to me, um, that's when things started to shift for the better. That's so good, man. What a powerful testimony. And it's a testimony for you of your journey. And it's also a testimony of the father, right? Like saying, I love you and I'm with you through it all, you know, through growing up in Georgia, long church services, youth group, transactional relationships, Georgia tech, dark, dark season, traded to the Raiders in a way, getting a, a fresh start. And the Lord is like, right on time. I've been right. here with you through each step of it, and I still got more for you. And I'm grateful that even the, as you said, the addictions confronted you, uh, but even the Lord was greater. Right. And man, just to see you thriving today, and you know, and and so okay, fast forward, and now Darren's traded to the Giants. Like, all right, I'm I'm bringing some level up leadership into this new locker room. Uh, you can speak all the languages, you know, whether that's if you want to speak dark, <laughs> if you want to speak party, if right. you want to speak identity in sports, if you want to speak, you know, uh, growing in the Lord. You're like, man, I, I, I let's do it. I've, you been, know? I've been there. I've been I've been around a little bit. <laughs> yeah. man. And praise the Lord for the journey, man. Amen. You know, that's just uh, that's incredible to hear. Um, I think it's um, it's dope for this podcast because there's a variety of different people that are going to be listening to this. Some are uh, just going to their nine to five and they pop this on in the car. Other people are pastors. Other people are leaders. Other people are, well, I want to say everybody's a leader in some capacity. It's what type of leader are you going to be? You're going to be a level up leader or you're going to be an average leader. Um, And so I love how you're, you're thinking through that. Final thing I want to just hit with you is I know that, uh, this book has been speaking to you. I'll just go ahead and highlight it. Oh, it's uh, John Mark Comer, The Rootless Elimination of Hurry. Mine's a little kind of beat up, got some coffee stains as on it, it. As it should be, man. As it should be, man. I just try to keep this one close. <laughs> um, something about this book is just, it's like a, a, a voice for the generation. Oh, yeah. And I know that I've heard you reference it. Talk to us about how this book has encouraged you. Um, I mean, just the title alone of, you know, and it talks about in the book about how somebody asks how you like oh, oh how you doing like oh I'm busy yeah and it's like Facts. wow like how many people say that like, I right. say that a lot yeah and, and I'll respond and be like busy is good yeah but in this hurry we confuse like that our busyness isn't necessarily like fulfillment mm. or um, purpose driven 
Yeah. And we're moving so fast, trying to accomplish so many things, trying to get to a place where, you know, the world told us we should get to. We don't even know if we want to <laughs> yeah. get to, get to that place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who it, told you to go there? Right. You know, who I was told, like, wait, who, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Who told you that? But um, but this Man. book confronts all of that, and it's like we think in order to accomplish what we want to accomplish in our time on this earth, like we need to move faster. We need to go harder when really like this book is telling us like we need to slow down and move at the pace that God wants us to move at Man. and just how, um, you know, if we go, if we hurry, 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 how burnt out we can be yeah. and how depleted we can be. But if we eliminate the hurry and move at that, that, you know, at times a slow pace and move right. at that, a, a restful pace, a, a pace yeah. that we can maintain, um, we can get to where we're supposed to go yeah. a lot of times quicker. Man. Um, but say that we're, we have more in the tank to give to our families or to give to our friendships and give to right. the things that ultimately matter to us at the end of the day, as opposed to just becoming slaves to success and Man. accomplishments and achievements. So, I mean, this book is like, yeah. it's, a, it's a game changer. If Shout you read that to, book, your to world's going to change. No doubt, man. Yeah, your world. And if you try to apply some of this, it has to change. Like yep. uh, some of the challenges like uh, go into the the longer line at the grocery store. Oh, my gosh. Like, yeah. man, you know, we speeding in the cart. Get into uh, the far right lane and drive the speed limit. Drive the speed limit. But it's um, yeah. the, the just the psychology behind it, me being a drug addict, like pain like this, like, Form it's of drug dis- yeah, it's a disease of instant gratification as how my sponsor painted to me. It's like, wow, I need to have what I need to have right now or whenever I need to have it in order for me to feel good. Wow. And it incorporates instant gratification into just every decision that you make. Man. But if you get into the long line at the grocery store, if you get into the right lane and drive the speed limit, these are practice reps. These are like bicep curls for you being patient. And, you know, honestly, like the fruits of the spirit coming so to good. the forefront yeah, and uh, allowing those to take yeah. over and allowing your character to be shifted through that. So there's only one way to get to that type of character is through practice. Man, and he oh, outlines man. these things that, of course, when you have that instant gratification, you're gonna be like, what? I can't do this. I don't want right. to do this. Right, right, which right. You, which you don't want to because we've been, tra- we've been trained to get things now. But yeah. if we practice those things enough, then we can realize like oh god's taking his time on this it's not the timing i want ah, i see why god's doing that preach i see you know what i'm saying so, so it's good just, man it's, it's powerful stuff good word yeah well that we we try to we try to leave our listeners or maybe you're watching this on youtube um just with some type of resource recommendation and this could be ours for today uh john mark comer's book the ruthless elimination of hurry here's what the tagline says how to stay emotionally healthy and spiritually alive in the chaos of the modern world <laughs> and in the, in, the, in the NFL too. Oh man. But even more it. so. Uh, yeah. So man, this has been a dope episode. Um, really grateful for your transparency. I hope that somebody feels encouraged just by listening to this, hearing some of your testimony, because we all have a story, right? Every person listening to this, watching this has a story that's so like fascinating, intricate, uh, family dynamic, right. geography, uh, what's happening now. Everything's kind of shaping it. And um, thank you for bringing us more into yours. Uh, would you give, uh, maybe just look at that camera real quick and just give uh, a personal um, challenge, encouragement to our listeners, watchers um, on how they can level up in their leadership. Just kind of putting you on the spot as a closing statement. What would you say on how you can level up in your leadership from Darren Waller? Uh, how to level up as a leader, I would say 
you have to start with knowing that you're worthy of being a leader, knowing that you're called to be a leader. Um, there's a scripture that that speaks to me a lot, that gives me a lot of encouragement. I think it's Ephesians 4.1, uh, live a life that is worthy of the calling that God is giving so you. So good. And because um, oftentimes I can forget that. Like I said earlier, like I, I didn't have a lot of self-esteem, a lot of confidence. I'm still trying to work on that. So there's a lot of times where it's like, oh man, can I really go in there and be a, do I really have what it takes to be that leader? And it's like, we have to affirm ourselves constantly. So it's, it's finding scriptures like those to, you know, to practice on, to meditate on, to start with that. Hey, like God's calling me to be this. I'm not going to question what God's done. I'm not going to question who God has called because he's called me and I'm just going to step into that. And I'm going to believe that and, and have faith in that, even though right now, some of the mistakes I've made, some of the, you know, maybe I haven't done things or gotten to places quicker than other people have that has no dictation on what my future is going to look like and what my leadership is going to look like. So I'll say you got to start with believing that you're worthy of that calling. So good. Get your mind right. Get your confidence right. Yeah. Understand who God's called you to be, created you to be. He wants you to be the level up leader that he, um, he's got vision for your life. He does. And if that wasn't true, he wouldn't have woke you up. Mm. Right. And so I think every breath is another chance. And um, I just want to encourage everybody that that just heard that. Amen. Take a step. Level up. You don't got to go zero to 100, but maybe you can go zero to one. That's right. better. One zero, foot in front of the other. One foot in front of the other. And all of a sudden you farther than you were in your past. And so that's so dope, man. This has been a great episode. I'm, I'm deeply encouraged by it. excited for this upcoming season. I, I got the Giants tuned up, you yes, know, sir. like I'm, I'm, I'm all in. <laughs> Uh, I'm waiting for the jersey to drop. You know what I'm saying? I got some red and blue kicks to match. Let's go. Let's go, man. Um, thank you for joining us. Hit the subscribe button if you're listening to this, wherever you stream podcast content. If you're on YouTube, consider hitting uh, subscribe. Drop a comment. Let us know how this is speaking to you. And if you get a chance, check out Comeback Stories. Uh, Darren Waller and Donnie are dropping some crazy content. Uh, you heard some of his comeback story, and they have great guests on um, all the time that you can learn from as well. Uh, This is Hayden and Darren Waller, Level Up Leadership Podcast, Episode 12. Thank you for jumping in with us today. Peace. Peace.